Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Beat out John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and sitting right next to me is my brother, Tommy. How's it going, Tommy? Hey, good. How you doing? And joining us virtually once again, our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram, it's Richard. How's it going, Richard? Good guys, how are you? Good guys. Good. I was going to say good guys, good brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all works good. It's a lot of goodness tonight. Good moment. <laughs> good moment. So, Goody gumdrops. Yeah, so here we are once again back at it for another episode of In The Click. As always, please remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, all that good stuff. And please rate, review, comment, and share the podcast. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at In The Click. So a lot of stuff to get into. So much going on this week in pro wrestling. Of course, we will do our uh, weekly breakdown of all that happened on TV this week with Raw, NXT, SmackDown. But first, let's get into the clickbait news. So much going on, especially in the last few days. I mean, you know it's a good week in pro wrestling as far as all the news that's coming out and just like Twitter and all the other social media outlets just exploding, all the wrestling news websites. So much to get into. So first things first, it looks like WWE is putting a big kibosh, specifically Vince McMahon, on their talent, the WWE superstars, using third-party companies, specifically like Twitch and Cameo. And he's uh, pretty much WWE told their talent in like a conference call and whatnot that they pretty much have 30 days, one month, to uh, in all these partnerships that they have going on. And just end it all. So this, of course, created a big storm on social media. A lot of people on both sides trying to explain it. And it's a lot to break down. And I, I, I get I see both sides of all this and what's going on. So, Richard, let's start with you. Your thoughts on <laughs> WWE telling their talent to you can't no longer use Twitch and their partnerships with cameos. And and I, I think even TikTok was mentioned in the reports. There's so much going on. Uh, I mean, these superstars are attached to so many different outside products. But, yeah, your thoughts on all this. I I'm in agreement with WWE on it because uh, that's where they get revenue for. And essentially the wrestlers themselves are cutting out the middleman are acting as if WWE is the middleman when it's not, they, they work for them. And if you're using WWE big E uh, as your username, you're using their intellectual property to make money elsewhere. So, and just putting this out there, but to all the fans that are outraged by this because it feels like the last few days 
Uh, Vince McMahon has been painted as the devil once again. Yeah. Uh, these people make more money than we do in a month than we probably make in a year. So don't feel so bad for them folks. Yeah. And and it's actually very interesting, Richard, to hear you say that. And I I mean, like I I applaud you to it to an extent because there's a lot of people who feel the opposite. So I I really feel, I feel like the, what your opinion is is very much the kind of like the minority, but from a business standpoint, it does make sense from the WWE standpoint. It's, uh, it's really interesting to break this all down. And, um, I, I, to follow up on that, so like, listen, it's been a few days since this report came out. So luckily for us, since by the time we're actually discussing this, there's a, a lot more info that came out there. And actually, WWE released a statement about the whole thing. I guess they saw the whole uh, backfire on social media and people's responses and reactions to all this. So I just want to read this quote, and then let's we'll kind of break it down from both sides. So WWE put out a statement says, "Quote." Much like Disney and Warner Brothers, WWE creates, promotes, and invests its intellectual property, i.e. the stage names of performers like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Big E, and Braun Strowman. Also, WWE wrote in the statement, it is the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue, which in turn enables the company to compensate performers at the highest levels in the sports entertainment industry. Notwithstanding the contractual language, it is imperative for the success of our company to protect our greatest assets and establish partnerships with third parties on a company-wide basis rather than at the individual level, which as a result will provide more value for all involved. End of quote. So, listen, I know that's very big wordy, fancy talk, business talk right there. So, okay. Let me put it to you this way. Yeah. If WWE books you to do an autograph signing, mm-hmm. uh, you you use their the name that you use on TV, right? Yep. Now, if you do a autograph signing on your own and you it's in the it's in a town over from where you're already doing it, mm-hmm. potentially that hurts the business that you're going to do for the one that they set up for you, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So then, why would it be okay for you to be able to do something like this and do a cameo or whatever, and they charge like? Five hundred dollars for some Flair. of these people. Rick Flair, yeah. $500. well, Rick Flair's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rick Flair. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, so I've, I've seen them range from one hundred and twenty dollars to three hundred and fifty or what or more, and yeah. it's just kind of like WWE's always handled the, this stuff. Like we've seen it with um, uh, locally, uh, big time wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like they'll, uh, it's been a while, but like they used to send someone from WWE over there. Like Kenny's told us. Mm-hmm. That he used to photograph, and they'd send the Undertaker or yeah. The Rock, and these are local wrestling promotions, and yeah. it's like they've always booked it. So mm-hmm. it's like now these guys are signing it up on their own for it, using their star power with WWE and the and WWE on it, yeah, and making money off of it. So WWE is essentially saying you can keep the money that you've made, but in thirty days this is done. Yeah. So they're not asking the super like it, I can understand being outraged if they were signing superstars or we found that out and saying a percentage of your paychecks coming going forward are going to be cut based off the money you've made. Yeah, but that's not happening. So, yeah. So like, I think for the sake of this discussion, let's look at both sides real quick and the pros and cons. So from the wrestler standpoint, where a lot of people were upset about was for a lot of these superstars. They're not making a lot of extra income right now from live shows because there isn't any because of the pandemic. So 
a lot of so all these house shows that WWE would have across the country in between episodes of Raw and SmackDown and merch sales at these shows. That's money the WWE superstars are not getting. So with all this free time, they're trying to think of other ways to make money. And so a lot of them have a big social media following. So they're like, okay, how can I take this following that I have and make some side income? So a lot of them have become Twitch accounts and, you know, done stuff with cameos. I just mentioned TikTok, all these different things. And so with that being said, I think for a lot of people, they really like this because for Twitch, it's a great way for a lot of them who have these free time when they're not working out or whatnot. They can be at home playing video games or doing whatever and interact with the fans. So I think for a lot of fans, they enjoy that opportunity to but, engage. But they're and, paying for that subscription still. Like yes. Paige is changing her name. Yes. Because she, she kind of put down the, like what she's ba- essentially making somewhere in the, the ballpark of like $80,000 a month on wow. Twitch. Wow. Yeah. So, oh my God. And, we, and, and Paige, Paige is a different like story there. That's uh. a different thing because she's, she's not full-time on TV anyway, yeah. Yeah. anymore. So, but like, you know, you see, you see even Roman Reigns on cameo and, and Big E, And it's like, these are people that they could, they could do their own cam like WWE cameo with, and the, the opportunity is not there because you're paying crazy bucks on their website and they're getting it. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I'll get to that in one second. So I was just going to say also what people are frustrated is okay. Cause technically WWE, their employees are independent contractors. And so it brings up the whole debate again about what's the definition of an independent contractor under the WWE umbrella. So therefore it should be okay for these superstars to go make money on their own, like do their own hustle, which is either make a Twitch account or a cameo account. It, it just, it brings up just that whole debate about, well, what's truly independent contractor. They're being treated like actual employee or they're being required to be actual employees for WWE. And if that's the case, then of course, where's the health insurance and all the other stuff that comes with that. If WWE wants to have that much control of, who they are, how they conduct themselves outside of the ring, then they should be treated like employees. So it's very interesting how Tommy and I were talking about this yesterday. Just it's amazing. Like these same type of conversations that happened back in the eighties and early nineties, you know, Jesse Ventura and, you know, trying to unionize uh, WWF at the time, how like, it's very interesting. This mindset is kind of coming back again in those, those discussions. So it, 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 it wouldn't. Here's the thing, though, with that. It wouldn't work. It if w- everyone's on that same playing field, yeah. then we're, the, the effort won't be there. Yeah. You look at WCW when everyone was getting paid the most amount of money that they had been making at that point in time. It was lazy. Mm-hmm. Like some of the, like the, the hardest working guys, your Booker T's, your, your Jeff Jarrett, your Chris Benoit's, your Jericho's. Scott Steiner's yeah. were b- still behind all these guys that they could have been having matches with. But those guys were the big star attractions. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to give them the rub and made all the money. Yeah. So it, like you run into your issues there. It sounds nice. Don't get me wrong. But mm. at the same time, like, why should Roman Reigns work as hard as Buddy Murphy does if he's getting paid the same then? Yeah. They work hard to get paid more, and you're also paid more based off of your value to the company. Exactly. So 
it's it, it sounds unfair, but at the same time, it's extremely fair because not everyone draws. As far as the current system of being treated like independent contractors based on your value for That's the company. That's the wrestling system yeah. always has been and always will be. So. So, well, so what I'm also trying to say was also for with this situation is I wonder what's going to happen next. Can someone in the WWE, if one of these superstars, because there is rumors, speculations, quote, people's sources saying that a lot of these some of these superstars are very upset so i wonder if any of them will actually be big enough to stand up to vince or whoever the powers that be and say no i'm not going to do this or why should i do this or could someone actually maybe try to sue wwe i mean that's yet to be determined that was just a lot of the backlash i was reading on social media we would also need to look at a wwe contract to decipher that that too which, which none of us have so it's kind of their word against theirs. So. And, and so, and, and at the same time, why why do any of like the fans need to have an opinion on this? This is their problem, not ours. That's yeah, the way and, I look at it. And so, with that being said, when I re- just reading that uh, statement that I just read earlier, it kind of sounds like, well, listen, you you superstars are making money off these names and these personalities that we created for you. So therefore we deserve a cut from it at least, or at least let us make set up these deals so you can use your name on these different platforms and whatnot. So I, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I get what WWE is trying to say is like, let us make these deals for you. And of course they'll probably get a cut from it. So if from a business standpoint, it makes sense for WWE to put the kibosh on it, all this stuff, you know, all these WWE people kind of going wild, crazy doing stuff. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, like, okay, there's no mean greets going on right now. There's no live shows. There's no interactions. I know like with the Thunderdome, they've kind of introduced some of these like uh video fan video experiences, like before pay-per-view, like, uh, a superstar would sit down and like interact with people on the computer. So maybe WWE is in a process of trying to create their own new platform for fan interaction virtually. Uh, very similar to maybe they're trying to create their own cameo version. You, you mentioned earlier, like a WWE cameo. Like I wouldn't be surprised if WWE sees this and be like, okay, we can't do meet and greets right now. What's the next best option? Oh, let's copy what cameo is doing, but do our own version. So I would not be surprised if WWE told all their superstars, listen, don't do Cameo right now. But if I had to guess, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to create their own version in the coming months where fans can just pay WWE directly and get like a personalized video from the WWE superstars for this time period right now because of the pandemic. That's just me guessing. Like we see how many different social media accounts they see what one platform is doing really well and they try to copy that idea. On top of that, didn't everyone basically sign new contracts before the pandemic? A good portion of them. I mean, for the last couple of years, it's been when the, when AEW was getting some yeah. you know, announced momentum. A lot of people were WWE was trying to hurry up and sign as many people to new long term yeah. deals. But so everyone's making more money than they were last year anyway. Uh, a good portion of them, <laughs> you would assume. Yeah. So and so I I, I don't know what's. I mean, this is all uh, speculating right now. Who knows what WWE has in plan to make up maybe for some of this lost revenue for some of these people. It'll be interesting. And also, you got to think about this way, like real talk. I'm sure they don't want a lot of these superstars just be on Twitch and just blabbing whatever comes to their mind. Yeah. Anytime you see, you know, AJ Styles or Paige or whoever, like they make news on there for saying something that they 
probably the company probably doesn't want them to say. So I mean, even Randy Orton got in trouble. What was it last year or earlier? Whatever it was when he said a bad word, you know, uh, yeah. you know and, and, and there's AJ Styles got a lot of attention for venting about his frustrations with Paul Heyman and about the good brothers. So that became a story because of his Twitch stream. And so uh-huh. I'm sure WWE doesn't want their superstars to go on Twitch and just exposing the business in many ways and kind of venting well, about it, the dirt that's going on. When you look at, you look at Lana who has ruined two storylines now based off of her social media. <laughs> yes. So, so sometimes, you know, these things are, are, they get in the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I know it's a very sensitive subject and I see both sides in this and listen, as rich as you brought it up, like it doesn't affect us personally. I mean, sure. We can discuss yeah. it till we're blue in the face, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately between WWE and their talent. And so obviously we want what's best They're for well the, paid talent. Yeah. They're we want, well paid talent. We want what's best for the superstars and them to be happy. We don't, of course don't want, I hope that this doesn't turn into like, bad morale behind the scenes just this upsets more people i hope not I, and i hope there's some sort of compromise like i'm trying to see the silver line in all this of course it sucks if for some of them this will lose maybe a big portion of side income for them but at the same time hopefully wwe can think of something to kind of replace that or substitute the, the income from that so i don't know i mean we'll have to wait and see how this shakes out but uh, yeah, like I said, I, I'm, and, and, but you even said Paige. I, I read the article too that she just said she has changed her. She couldn't use Paige on her Twitch stream or the logo. She, she couldn't to, use WWE Page. She yes. had to use all that stuff. So she changed her username, all that stuff. So maybe there is some sort of compromise for some of these Twitch people. As, uh, but at the same time, yeah, it makes sense because like they're going out there and using the names that WWE created for them and make money off of, and WWE's not getting a cut of it. So, but then of course that raises up the other conversation about the definition of a uh, independent contractor and whatnot. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this plays well, out. Listen, listen, Soraya Knight is an independent contractor. Paige is not an independent contractor. Paige is WWF intellectual. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, let's, well, let's let's move on. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, like you said, I'm curious how we have 30 days or less than that now, and we'll see how this plays out. And yeah, we'll probably have another conversation about it uh, very soon. All right, the next big thing that came out at the end of the week was uh, a big release was announced. AOP, the Authors of Pain, was announced that they were leaving or were released from the company. Uh, Richard, man, just uh, I was a little heartbroken hearing the news about that. How about you? Your thoughts on it? It, it sucks, but you kind of see it coming. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it just injury after injury with those guys. And it's one one comes back and then the other gets injured. Yeah. And it's like anytime they they get going, you know, it's it's you know. So if you're writing storylines for these two big monsters and each time they come back, you have to scrap it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, you, you heard for years with Hardcore Holly that he was a prick and everything. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it wasn't until his later years when he started getting injured that's when they let him go. So yeah, yeah. it's like as long as you can stay healthy, you've got a job there for a while. And yeah. it, uh, unfortunately, we see that with uh, people from time to time that just can't stay healthy. Yeah. How about you, Tommy? Your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, I just think WWE's biggest mistake they made with uh, Akeem and Razor AOP was when they took Paul Ellering away from them and it just seemed to be bad luck after bad luck on the main roster and you know I just don't know 
you know, and be interesting to see if they'll stay in pro wrestling. Yeah. So, th- so let's talk about that real quick. So, in NXT, yeah, they were monsters. It was super awesome seeing Paul Ellering manage them. I mean, a lot of people were making the comparison. Oh, this is going to be the modern day Road Warriors, and you got Paul Ellering, the man behind it all, managing them. And plus, Paul Ellering wanted to travel with them. Yeah. He was- more than open to do it. So, unfortunately, when they got called up to the main roster, yeah, things just fell apart, and they were just cursed from the beginning. They ditched Paul Erling the first night on Raw, and then uh, they got Drake Maverick as their manager, and that was kind of goofy because he was trying to dress like him, and was he was terrible. taking a leak on uh, on uh, oh, Robert right. or Bobby. <laughs> was he still Bobby Roode at that time? Bobby Roode's, uh, you know, his uh, we call it his his outfit his uh his robe his robe and so and then yeah uh one of them got injured they came back and the they, other one got injured <laughs> the other one got injured but when they when they came back the second time they were got a little bit of a repackage they aligned themselves with with seth rollins and were uh part of the whole monday night messiah group the faction i thought Murphy. it was looking good it know? was looking great like i enjoyed them with the suits on and they were talking like their their uh, native language native languages. And I was like, oh, this is kind of badass. They look like badass like hitmen with the with the suits on. And I think one is Dutch and the other's from Eastern Europe somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, it was just like, okay, I can dig this, and they can kind of be the muscle for Seth Rollins and like the whole Monday Night Messiah thing is kind of expanding. But yeah, unfortunately, the other one got hurt, and they were off TV, and so when you're injury prone, Rich, as you said, it's kind of tough well, to invest long term. If you're, yeah, and if you're programmed with someone like Seth Rollins, then you've got to imagine that they've got plans for you. Because Seth Rollins is a, a top, top player in WWE. So it just kind of, uh, you know, I, 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 it sucks for all parties because I'm sure WWE wanted to make some money with them and they can't. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, when you're aligned with Seth Rollins, who's a Grand Slam winner champion, and he's. Former Universal Champion, WWE Champion. I mean, so that's and he's a, one of the faces of the company. Yeah, so that's a high position for them to be in. But yeah, it well, sucks. And they were off TV for what two years, just about. Like they weren't on a regular basis, so it's just yeah. kind of. I mean, they came in hot. Like, yeah. yeah. When they first debuted, it looked like that they were going to get the like the push, and then mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. No, and I was just going to say real quick. Also, it's just. Uh, uh, for them, yeah, Tommy, as you mentioned, I don't know what their long-term plans are. I mean, I know one of them has MMA background. So they maybe, both have uh, MMA Oh, they both do? Yeah. I mean, they could totally... One has a background in kickboxing, I believe. Yeah, maybe they want to go back pursuing that. And I mean, of course, when the news was announced that they were at least, everyone's like, oh my God, what other promotion could they go to? I mean, of course, people say mm. AEW, but AEW has a stacked roster right now. Or Impact. Or Impact. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, okay, like, of course... AEW would be interesting for them to go there and like take out the young bugs and like just be I think a, New Japan would be the best. And bet. and that's what's getting yes. at. As I think ultimately New Japan would be really awesome for them to just their their hard hitting style with the strong style over there. That would be super fun to watch. Yeah, that. I mean they would it would be like a sport to them. But I could there. but I could see them, yeah, impact doing stuff with the good brothers and then but also like AEW, like I said, maybe taking out the young bucks or or whoever over there. It's I mean Hopefully they have options for them. So 
hopefully for them, they can have a clean, fresh start wherever they go. I hope they continue in pro wrestling because I, I consider them very fun. And I was, like I said, I'm bummed we didn't get to see more of them on Raw or SmackDown. I mean, I know it was rumored uh, Paul Heyman thought of them as his new version of Road Warriors that we never got to see. So, but yeah, no, good luck to them, whatever they do next. All right, uh, jumping on over to some this was huge news early on in the week. This made the rounds, of course, of who was involved. So The Rock went to social media and announced that him and his wife and their two young children had uh, COVID-19. Apparently, they're better now, but uh, yeah, it was a nasty time for them that they were very sick. And so, of course, with The Rock and obviously his fame and just his his exposure and just how many people know of him, it made the rounds on pretty much every news outlet, sports and uh, sports news, all that stuff. And then uh, it was also announced AJ Styles and Kevin Nash also had COVID-19 at one point. AJ Styles. Now, Richard, did he reveal that on his Twitch stream of all places? I believe it was. Okay. Uh, and, the, and then Kevin and Nash, his, his reply to it was just, <laughs> it's <laughs> worth a read. So I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'd recommend it. Okay, listeners, go and find what AJ said because it was essentially, I feel bad for the Rock's family. Uh, I had it. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and, oh my god! That's a nice AJ Styles impression. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, then it also- was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Ah, no pun intended. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but then Kevin Nash, he also went on Twitter and announced that he had uh, COVID-19 as well and you know, like was responding to The Rock's uh, tweet and stuff. So, I mean, that right there, The Rock, AJ Styles, and Kevin Nash all announcing they had COVID-19. That's big news right there. So, it sounds like all of them. I mean, obviously, AJ is doing well. He's back on TV. He's been on TV for a minute. So, I was trying to think, okay, he had to be off TV to uh, recover slash... Uh, uh, what's the word? Quarantine himself. So I was trying to think. Maybe was it back in like June or July? He was off TV for a couple of weeks, and so maybe yeah. that's when it happened for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Nash. I I, I was concerned because you know he's an older guy now. You gotta be careful. The Rock. I mean, God, you know he's he's like our modern day Superman, our our modern day Arnold, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, like as far as uh, star power goes. So I just feel bad for him and his wife and his two young ones. But uh, apparently they're all feeling better now. They're all recovering. The Rock did say like he still hasn't gained his uh, taste back yet, which is like oh that that's scary. Just, oh no, all that sushi. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Was it like how many like five thousand I don't know how many like He eats a lot of sushi. Oh, but he eats just so much food every day, so he probably can't like fully enjoy all that stuff to maintain his muscle mass. So anyway, hope all of them uh, wish them a speedy recovery and just uh hopefully it just yeah, we gotta get over this pandemic. So please wear your mask out there, people. And uh last little bit of clickbait news for today was something we meant to get to last week, but it was just so busy we didn't have time to. But we just wanna acknowledge uh the the uh the passing of Bullet Bob Armstrong. We definitely wanna say our condolences to his family and friends, R.I.P. and Richard, uh I mean please I, I Forgive me, clicks. There's, I don't know too much <laughs> about him. I obviously I know that he was the father for uh, having four sons that were also in the wrestling business. Most notably, I think for a lot of people our age was Road Dog Jesse James. But Tommy had a son, Brad Armstrong, right? Yes, he was a great worker. And then there was obviously another son, Richard, that was a referee, Scott. Yeah. Scott, who uh, still works at WWE as a producer now, and he was a. Uh, WCW referee, actually, yes, at one I remember. point. So, and uh, Steve Armstrong, yeah. yes. who 
who Bob held tag team titles with. So. Oh, that's awesome. I like Rey Mysterio and Dominic, hopefully soon, yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but no, it, it, it's very sad. I mean, he, he was, what, 80 years old, I believe, or 81. So it, it's it's very sad to hear one of the great legends. He was 80 legends in the wrestling yeah. business pass away so well, r.i.p bullet he, bob armstrong and he retired a year ago what? he wrestled yeah. in six different decades yeah he he debuted in 1960 and mm-hmm. retired in 2019 yep <laughs> like what kind of match though was that at 79 he, he could still i mean i saw bob armstrong in the early days of nwa tna when it was a weekly pay-per-view and he okay. teamed with uh uh his son and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like this old man, and then he gets in there, and he's like, he's ripping up AJ Styles and uh, Chris Saban, and you yeah. know, he, he could still go. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's not just some old man trying to do this. Still, it's like he could still go at a good level. I mean, he held titles in just about every decade, and yeah, uh, you know, very I, very impressive. Like Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> he, he's see the thing the thing with the Armstrong kids. Okay. Is they all got a little bit of Bob, but Bob had everything. So mm. uh, Brad was kind of like the best athlete of the bunch. Road Dog clearly had the charisma. Yeah, and Steve and Scott were just good wrestlers, but Bob had everything. So yeah, interesting. Bob, Bob Armstrong. If for younger people out there, go go and find some on YouTube, and you'll you'll be impressed. It's uh, from from what I've been able to gather last week, a lot of people were commenting about this and just uh, paying their respects and t- giving some stories from their own personal experience with him. Sound like a great guy from a lot of photos. He would still hang out with the wrestlers and he was always like a. I uh, had a big smile on his face. Like he just looked like a very nice guy, and apparently he was just one of the great baby faces back in the day yeah. as well. I, I, I mean, like oh, I said, yeah. apologize. I don't know more about him personally. Yeah. Here's a quick little fact about him. What's that? Um, on October 9th, nineteen seventy four, in Miami Beach, Florida. Okay. Bullet Bob Armstrong unsuccessfully challenged Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Wow. So. He was uh, he which territory? He's a main event guy. Yeah, he was He's mainly he was, the South, like Alabama, Georgia, okay. Mississippi. From what I've heard, people I don't know if it was Conrad Thompson or someone I forgot who it was said like he was ultimate baby face. People loved him. He just you know was a great worker, had the looks of just a great baby face, and he was it was well, and like, he's a fireman the whole time. He's a wrestler. What? Wow. So he's he's a, he's a U.S. Uh, uh, Marine veteran, and then when while he was wrestling, he was also a fireman. So he had to work two jobs still. Yeah, man, that was incredible. <laughs> man. It was before Twitch back then, he couldn't make money from Twitch back in the day. <laughs> yeah, so from everything I saw online about him, sound like he was just an awesome person, a great ambassador, or just a representative of a great baby face for the the pro wrestling industry. So rest in peace, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Condolences to his his family. Well, he just lost his wife too. Like oh, they, really? they died like a month apart. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So, so, I mean, our thoughts and prayers are obviously with his family and friends and Road Dog. I know Road Dog, you know, still works with WWE. And so it, it, it's it was very cool that WWE acknowledged it on, uh, I think it was that SmackDown. NXT. Or, on NXT as well. So it was very cool. So, uh, yeah, and the thoughts and prayers with them. All right, let's move on over to this week in pro wrestling, specifically WWE. <laughs> You know what this week is called in pro wrestling? What's that? A bad week for women's tag teams. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we lost two women's tag teams this week. All right, yeah. Monday night. Okay, Go. so we jumped up Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so 
a very fun episode of Monday Night Raw as far as the build-up to Clash of Champions. I'll say that. Raw specifically the main focus of that show for the three hours was building up who was going to be drew mcintyre's next opponent for clash of champions coming up at the end of september so we saw okay so please follow along we saw three matches the winner of those matches then fought each other at the end of the show in a main event a triple threat and the winner of that was going to take on uh drew mcintyre so we'll quickly brush over it so we saw keith lee beat dolph ziggler we saw Randy Orton beat Kevin Owens, who did get help from Aleister Black. We saw early in the night he was leaving Aleister Black's locker room. So little, uh, I don't know, partnership, but at least he had help for the one night. And then we saw Seth Rollins beat Dominic, who was a re- last-minute replacement because the buildup in the promotion for uh, this week's episode of Raw was that it was going to be Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. But then during Raw, it was announced Rey Mysterio was injured. He had a triceps tear. Luckily, no surgery, but it's going to take about two months for him to recover. So, Ray Mysterio is going to be not wrestling for two months, but I'm sure he could still be on TV in in corner, uh, you know, representing Dominic, being his corner, like a manager. Mm-hmm. His cornerman. Yeah. So, we saw Seth Rollins take on Dominic Mysterio, who was the replacement. Seth Rollins got the win there. And then uh, in the main event, we saw uh, Randy Orton taking on Keith Lee and Seth Rollins. And Randy Orton pulled out the victory and will now have his rematch for the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions. So, Richard, just kind of overall thoughts about all these sets of matches. So, what, four total to uh, determine uh, Drew's next opponent? Uh, I was was pleasantly surprised because I... Part of me wasn't paying that close of attention, so I thought the the deciding match was going to be next week on Raw. So when mm. it happened this week, I was like, "Oh, whoa, okay, yeah. here we go." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm clearly I'm very pleased because we're going to get Randy Orton against Drew McIntyre again. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Clash of Champions is always a really fun pay per view because all the titles are on the line. Yeah. So, which okay, I know I'm skipping ahead real quick, but I want to say this before I forget. I kind of got a kick out of on SmackDown this week. Paul Heyman kept saying Clash of the Champions. <laughs> which, which, okay, like, I know that's super micro nitpicking, but Clash of Champions, that's WWE's pay-per-view, Clash of the Champions, that was, what, WCW, right, Tommy? Yeah, or- NWA, WCW on TBS. So, just that word, the, it's a big difference as far as my perception of what show are we getting here, so. To be fair, Paul Heyman did work there then. Exactly. <laughs> Paul, Paul Heyman had, like, a flashback. Clash of yeah. Champions? Oh, oh like... About yeah. his old cell phone, Paulie dangerously coming back for you. So, <laughs> anyway, I just want to say that before I forgot. So, yeah, I'm excited here. I mean, the rematch, and but I, like early predictions, do you think Randy's going to take the title here? <sighs> it's tough, no. man. No, no. I think, I think, I think Drew, since he got the the roll up the last time, yeah. so to speak. I think he's going to win clean with the Claymore this time. Okay. I agree. Okay. And then so. plus, who knows? Maybe Keith Lee get involved somehow, too. I'm just, you know, early thinking <laughs> what might happen here. <laughs> uh, and so, jumping ahead. So, kind of Richard uh, foreshadowed it. So, we saw the Riot Squad in a rematch uh, from oh. Payback. <laughs> taking on the Iconics, and this was kind of announced kind of like last minute. A lot of people just noticed this little graphic. It just came out of nowhere and says, oh, yeah, by the way, the loser of this match, the the tag team splits up. 
And so I was like, whoa, that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard's these guys' eyes closed. Richard, you okay? Go ahead. Okay. So so we saw this match happen and the Riot Squad won. And unfortunately, the Iconics are now split up. And so a lot of people were like shocked. It was like, wow, that was very sudden, unexpected, and no buildup. At least if you're going to do something like this, at least have a buildup and like get some drama out of it. I was kind of hoping if that's the case, like make a big deal, like maybe tease it and then do it next week. Or, or if you're going to do it, maybe have the Iconics come out and say, listen, we're pissed off that we lost to you last night at payback. How about let's up the stakes for this match, our rematch tonight. Loser, at least acknowledge it on the microphones that loser breaks up. So at least you add a little more uh, drama to the match, a little build up. But no, it was like, okay, everyone thought we're going to have a rematch here. But then like last minute, they're like, oh yeah, loser breaks up. So it was very sudden. And then later on the night, in the third hour, we had Raw Underground take place. Iconics <laughs> were hanging out there with Shane McMahon. Great photo of uh, Peyton Royce with Shane McMahon became an awesome, like, new meme. <laughs> so, um, so we see the two of them there and they're very upset about they're no longer a tag team. And then we've been seeing this kind of building. Like, it, it makes sense now if we connect the dots as far as we saw Peyton Royce and Billy Kay having these interviews saying, yeah, we've been friends since high school. And really now it makes sense. They were foreshadowing this breakup. So they were with Shane McMahon at Raw Underground and Peyton Royce pushes Billy Kay into <laughs> the ring or the, the, the mat, whatever you want to call it there for Raw Underground. And she gets her ass kicked by, uh, uh, was it? Um, Marina Shafir and Marina Shafir. Duke. Yeah. Duke. Yeah. So, and then Bush, Roderick Strong's wife. Yeah. She got knocked out. <laughs> and I'm guessing bye bye, Billy Kay, for the time being. Well, so, so, <laughs> I mean, it was great, though, too, because she gets thrown in. And the first thing she does is she turns around and squawks. You gotta be joking me. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm, I'm super bummed because they're like, in my top three favorite acts in WWE, and now it's gone. So plus, I'm heartbroken. And yeah, they're a legit tag team too, especially in a time where yeah. they don't have enough women's tag teams, especially for the tag titles that they have. So okay, so I'm glad like we're talking about Raw now versus like right away at the beginning of the week. So within the next couple of days, there was a lot of rumors and reports about why this sudden change happened and splitting up the iconic. So apparently, if you believe the rumors out there in the dirt sheets, apparently Vince McMahon sees Peyton Royce as a big solos uh, wrestler. She, she, they both have that potential. Yes, I, I think. I think part of the problem is that they were off the of TV for so long last year. Yeah. That like we feel like we're just getting them back, and now they're going away again. So it's yeah. like, well, that, I, I mean, the, that that potent, I mean, they're both fantastic wrestlers individually. Mm-hmm. Is the, yes. that's the problem? So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So when they were off TV for longest time, a lot of people. It was the r- rumors back then was that they were getting a repackage, and then when they showed up, they were just the same old presentation. It was like, okay, fine, whatever. So anyway, with. Uh, with the reports right well, now, is Vince sees Peyton Royce as a big single star and wants to give her a push. So that's why it was suddenly just broken up and Billy Kay got, you know, destroyed and to really kind of maybe write her off TV for the time being. Now, also in these reports, they were trying to clarify Billy Kay is not being punished. What happened here? It was not supposed to be any form of punishment. Like she didn't do anything wrong in this situation. It's just at the time being, they just see Peyton Royce 
as a star that they want to start pushing. Apparently, Vince McMahon sees Peyton Royce and Bianca Belair as two big single stars that he wants to start pushing, which I think is cool. I mean, I love Bianca Belair. And Me spe- too. Especially right now, Char- well, Charlotte Flair's not around. I think, I think when you look at the landscape, you know, like you, you were just saying, Charlotte and Becky are gone. You need to start building some of these other people so Oscar has someone to feed to, or exactly. Bailey, or whomever. So, yeah, I think I think it helps legitimize the entire landscape a little bit more for uh, yeah. the main roster. Yeah, and like, listen, I mean, to, to, you know, and they'll probably get back together at some point. Exactly. I mean, it, it was it was really hard. You knew it, they were going to get split when you saw them being interviewed earlier in the night, and you could tell both of them had been crying. Yeah. Like their faces, you could just see it on their faces, and it was just like, oh shit. Well, and also, <laughs> I just want to say what it was interesting as far as uh, for Billy Kay. So they also said, yeah, she's not being punished. She's just going to be taken off TV for a time being. And there were also been rumors that a draft is going to be coming pretty soon. So maybe Billy Kay will be draft over to the other brand. So maybe SmackDown or maybe they have some other plans for her. So, like I said, they just want to stress it was not a punishment. She didn't do anything wrong. They want to push Peyton Royce right now. Probably move Billy Kay somewhere else. She has great comedic timing. Both, uh, they well, both do. They're, yeah, they're, they're infectious. It's so like, it's so annoying. It's fun. I know it's tough, but yeah, maybe this might be a good opportunity for them to have their own pass right now and see what they well, can do on their own. And, and look, Billy, they they have they've always seen something in Billy Kay because when Billy Kay got signed, she was on SmackDown before she was on NXT, mm-hmm. and then they moved her back to to NXT when they needed people. Yeah, so like she, I remember seeing her on SmackDown and thinking, "Who the hell is this?" Yeah, and it was like, "Oh, she's 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 tall like Charlotte." And yeah, I mean, so, God, I mean, li- listen, they're obviously amazing athletes, performers, wrestlers in the ring, gorgeous. Uh, uh, got the charisma, the comedic timing, all that stuff. So yeah, they got everything. Yeah. So I, I, for Billy Kay, if she can go over to SmackDown and kind of do her own thing as well, I think that'd be awesome. So Peyton Royce, and this is like, this is, this is not my own personal opinion. This is something I just saw in a comment section. I don't know if it was on YouTube or something, but if you look at it, Peyton Royce, how she's really changed her look in the last few months. It's very interesting observation. Someone said in a comment, I'm just reading what I what I what I saw as far as they said Peyton Royce, you know, she when she got called up, she was a brunette, long brown hair, dark hair. She cut it short, but now she you know, it's blonde now or it was a slow transition. She had highlights, now it's blonde now. Someone said she had contacts in, like blue She con- does. Does she have blue yeah. contacts? Okay. So someone said she's trying to mold what Vince McMahon looks for, like like a Charlotte Flair. Like her look, she's trying to. Well, I mean, if she is, she's putting in the work more than others. So yeah, it's not like listen. I mean, I, 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 who knows? Like, okay, she changed her hair color long before this split happened. So unless she knew something was coming for a long time, I mean, yeah. that's just, it's just coincidence. I don't know. Well, well, and 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 if if Vince's type is the the tall blonde, then what's what's Becky Lynch? Because yeah. Becky Lynch got shot to the moon yeah exactly more than any other woman in wrestling history exactly so So, i mean for peyton royce i mean well then again becky and vince are both irish so (laughs) (laughs) when also in peyton royce i mean lately in the ring she's been outstanding like that one move where she like corkscrews them in the air and like takes them down oh so good so i like you said best of luck to both of them and of course we're gonna miss that they're 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 both gonna be fine and and i wouldn't be surprised they do something for the next couple weeks where one of them's wearing a mask and the other isn't 
yeah. they're still teaming. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to both of them. So we wish them best of luck. And last thing, I just want to touch on. This is more of just a news piece. Uh, I. You know, I could have saved it for the clickbait, but it would make more sense to mention it during this raw recap and review. So it was announced early on this week that Retribution is now only going to be raw exclusive. So the members of Retribution, (laughs) whoever it is, is not going to be on SmackDown anymore. It's only going to be on raw only. So, of course, a lot of people were like saying WTF. It's like, okay, if you're this. Why tell us? (laughs) Yeah. if, If you're this faction that's like trying to take out WWE. Why would you focus on one show versus the other show? Like, if you want to create havoc on WWE, you you want to attack. You would think you want to attack both shows. So it's like, ah, we only want we're we're only good Monday nights. We're too busy on Friday to show up there as well. So I don't know. I I do have to say that there is a good out with this that it's uh, somewhat of a blessing that they don't have general managers anymore or authority <laughs> figures. Yeah, because then then people can't go to that person and complain about it. <laughs> and it's like, well, who is it? You know, it's like now we all no one knows. So it's it's kind of it's still kind of fun to me. And yeah, like, every every time they're on, I'm trying to figure out who it is. So. Yeah. And it, it's been changing like the body sizes and types out there. And, and, and so there's a lot of speculation who it is. And the rumor is they don't know yet. And it kind of sounds like they booked themselves into a corner that. Like Vince apparently came up with this idea on the fly of having like a this rioted type group to come and just create havoc on WWE programming, but that was it. No like major. Well, and it makes sense too that it, that it would be Raw because I think we talked about this last week that SmackDown is so loaded with the roster right now that Raw just makes sense to inject some some more people. It's a longer show anyway. Yeah, totally. How, how often do we need to see uh, Andrade and Angel against the Street Profits? So. I know. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I will say this about Raw in the last few weeks, and I, I forgot who was on Twitter. They posted some stats from the last couple months. Just how many repeat matches, or rematches, I should say, of these different rivals, Street Profits, Angel Garza, Andrade, uh, I mean, it just there's a lot of these. Like we've been seeing the repeat Apollo and her business. We've been seeing a lot of these same storylines just repeating themselves and they're not progressing or moving on. So, what like did it, what did you guys both think of uh, Raw Underground this week? <laughs> well, okay, I, I enjoy seeing Titus O'Neil go out there and kick some like ass. a monster. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's he's hardly been used in the last couple of years. But apparently, from what I read online, that was filmed last week. So it was just a okay. leftover. Well, well- Leftover match. Let's uh, aside from what the internet says. Yes. Like what? What? What are your guys' thoughts this I, week? I mean, did you feel a little bit better about like, like Titus O'Neil hasn't been used, uh, Riddick Moss hasn't been used, Jessamine Duke and uh, Marina Schaffer haven't been used, but like they come into this setting, I'm not and all feeling of a sudden Riddick it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> I'm not feeling Riddick Moss. I guess for me, okay. it's just like, wh- what's the point of all this? Like, where is this leading to? Uh, that's my more takeaway. Like, okay, I listen. Like, I, I kind of enjoy it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like, boom. Like for a, sure. Yeah, yeah it's like, a match. Boom, they move on to the next thing. And then they come back again. So it's like sprinkled in during that third hour. I and yeah. also, I enjoy Shane McMahon's interaction with the guy at the door, the big tall guy, uh, the the giant I can't ninja. His name. Yeah, Baba he, or, uh, yeah, he, I don't know. Yeah, he was signed. You know, was it beginning of this year, end of last year? But I enjoyed his. He like, what's up, big man? And like, he gives him a fist and he goes, he opens the door. <laughs> like, I, I think that's kind of cool. He's like a badass doorman security. Like, I want to see him one day just get pissed off and go in there and kick ass. Oh, you know that's gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> so like, okay, like. 
from a do change of seat. What's that? Do you hate it? I, I don't you, hate you're it. Indifferent. But, you're indifferent. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate it. Like, it, like I'm I, fine with it. I try to. I like. Okay, hate to me is a very strong word. So it's like, I I dislike it, and I feel like okay, if you're gonna do these matchups, why not just do them in the ring? Like, ultimately, that's why. That's that's the point. Like, you could do it in the ring, but you can get a bunch of these quicker, and just kind of show off. Like, okay. I've been rewatching a bunch of superstars lately. Do you remember superstars? <laughs> Tommy, WWE. Yeah. So last night yeah, they're just they're all squash matches, and it's like that's what this this is their much. version of of, uh, of that. But so you don't have to. Do we the were entrances. watching the network last night, and we were skimming through it, and we saw superstars yeah, on there. For some reason, superstars. There's only two years. It's like ninety two and ninety three. I want okay. ninety six. So <laughs> I want to see ninety six, and I want to see an Austin squash match where he used the stunner for the first time. Yeah, so on superstars. Well, <laughs> Come on, network. Up to update some more matches up yeah. there. But anyway, so okay, I get what you're saying there, Richard. As far as for some of the talent that's not being used regularly in the ring, there's a way of getting them out there and their version of squash matches in 2020. Okay, I, yeah. I get. Well, I get and, your... and and I think you get to see a different side of someone that you you're not going to see in a wrestling ring, yeah. like Titus O'Neil. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that looked as real as it could get with Titus. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so, like, I was like, oh, God, he's he's terrifying all of a sudden. Like, I'll still watch it, and, you know, we'll see what happens. So, you know, okay. I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. So, all right, let's jump on over to Wednesday night for, or no, excuse me, not Wednesday night, it was Tuesday, Super, Super Tuesday for NXT this week. And a couple quick little news bits I just want to touch on as well. So it was officially announced that Mauro Ronaldo is leaving WWE. He's no longer going to be the play-by-play voice of uh, NXT, which, by the way, Richard, I thought of this. Do we need to change our, our intro? Like, No, no. <laughs> like, we're, Just go with it. We're keeping fake Morrow yeah. employed yeah. that we're way. Keep, yeah, it's less likely he'll find it now. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe we can hire the actual Morrow to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he needs some money. <laughs> maybe have a cameo. If he's on cameo, we can have him record it. Oh, God. <laughs> We should totally look that up if he's on Cameo. And that's the other thing. Was like, I was thinking about that on a side note. Like, How many WWE superstars are currently on Cameo? Look at them and see if there's any of them worth buying before they go away after the month. <laughs> Just You're in radio. You can get all these people. <laughs> I know Jericho and <laughs> Becky Lynch did them for me for free. So that's it. anyway, but but so anyway, it was officially now. It's Mar Renal officially done with WWE, and we we touched on it uh, pretty heavily last week. But Richard, any quick little, uh, new thoughts that you want to mention real quick about this? Best of luck in your future endeavors, Mario. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, you told me he's going to be still doing Bellator, and he's on Showtime, right? Yeah, so he'll be fine doing Showtime boxing and Bellator as well. Yeah, so he has, and then I, from what I've heard, like his mom's been ill up in Canada, so he's been you know helping her out, and also I think he uh, he has like a, a charity or something with a me- mental illness. Yes. Um, that he's a part of that he also wants to devote some more time to. So he has other projects he wants to be a part of and get into. So listen. I'm going to miss Marwanal calling those takeover matches featuring Johnny Gargano kicking out 20 times in one match and anytime the Mama Mia. Yeah, the Mama Mia's Adam Cole doing a Canadian Destroyer or excuse me Panama Sunrise. Sunrise. Anyway, I'm going to miss him in the the takeover setting, but nonetheless, you know, wish him the best as Richard as you said, future endeavor. So, I like Vic Joseph by the way. Yeah, and then also it was announced that uh Wade Barrett so 
these last week and he's going to be on NXT this week as well. It's uh it's he's been in talks with WWE to join full time as an announcer again for NXT and even maybe do some work with NXT UK. So last week and this week they filmed both episodes already, but it was kind of like a feeling out process to see is he comfortable doing play-by-play for NXT? I mean, we know he can do it from his time in NWA. So anyway, as far as I saw online, no new uh, status, uh, still negotiations going on. So I think it'd be cool if he joins NXT full-time. But of course, we'll be bummed to see him not lo- no longer on NWA power. And we, like I said, we talked about this quite a bit last week. So if it plays out uh, for him to join WWE, that'd be great. But that also can't stress, it's just for an announcer. He's not going to be returned wrestling. So, And then also something else, we got a little confirmation. Nigel McGuinness is back with NXT, specifically NXT UK. So so he's going to be doing the play-by-play color commentary over there as well. So we're all happy about that, even though I think we all agree we want him on NXT Prime. But to have him back in some capacity, we'll take it. Uh, NXT UK, they're gaining their big launch in, what, mid-September. So I think uh, we talked about this. I was talking to some uh, talking to some coworkers about this. I think it's going to be a big restart for NXT UK. So I'm assuming if you didn't watch it a lot before, this might be a good time to start watching again. New, fresh storylines. More Walter. More Walter. So, all right. Listen, this episode of NXT, the main focus was the second one half. One match. One match <laughs> only. That's all we need to focus on. I know we're running on time. So let's just focus on that. The Fatal 4-Away Iron Man match for the crown of new NXT champion. Because as we mentioned last time, Karrion Cross had to... Uh, uh, relinquish the title. Relinquish the title due to injury. So we saw Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Bebe, also Johnny Gargano, and uh, 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 Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa, that's right. Uh, fatal four way match, 60 minutes, uh, all four of them going at it. And uh, so, should I just go? I mean, of course, by the time you're listening to this, you already know the outcome. So the match ended in a tie, uh, a tie between Finn Balor and Adam Cole, both gave two <laughs> the falls damnedest each. damnedest tie you've ever seen. I know. Because Perfect timing. I'm looking at the clock, and I'm looking at the referee's hand, and yeah. each second going down is his hand touching the mat. And I'm like, oh my God, that was the best timing I've ever seen on the count. Kudos like, to Adam Cole. for. <laughs> so I was just gonna kudos say- to Adam Cole. Kudos to Drake Younger. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> my we, God. So we saw um, you know, Finn Balor. I mean, all four of them had one fall each, and that was, I think, up until like the last 15 minutes or so. Um, please uh, correct me on that. But uh, all of a sudden, Finn Balor got another pinfall and was up to one 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 against the rest of them. And then Adam Cole, uh, excuse me, Finn Balor, he hit the uh, coup de gras. Coup de gras. The coup de gras. And he was like, he got the second fall and he was like on his knees, like kind of like, not necessarily celebrating, but just I think taking in. It's like, all right, he got the second fall with. He says, wait until the clock runs out. Yeah. Like I think at that point it was like 20 seconds, something left like that. He was like, everyone was like, oh my God, he won. He's going to win. He's going to win. And Adam Cole. Out of nowhere. Hits uh, 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 the last shot or the last ride. The last ride. Last I, shot. The last, last shot. shot. Under, oh. Undertaker's last ride. Sorry. Yeah. So he hit the last shot. Bam. Pins him. And then he always try. It's like Finn Balor's laying there like dead weight on his stomach. He's trying to push him over, roll him yeah. over. And then Richards, you said it was just amazing. One, two, three. Got it in before Oof. time ran out. Both of them were saying, I'm the champion. I'm the champion. Which, okay. <laughs> now... 
for Adam Cole, I don't know why he was saying I'm the champion. At best, it was a tie. So, so I was. We were thinking, oh, are they going to go into sudden death? Yeah, overtime like on this episode. Finn Balor, he had a case when he said I'm the champion. As far as like Adam Cole's pinfall came after time was up. So anyway, it was a little. I was a little confused by that. I was like, wait, Adam Cole should not be saying like I'm the champion. It's a tie. So anyway, William Regal came out and announced that the two of them will have a match next Tuesday on Super Tuesday, part two for NXT, and the winner will become NXT champion. So, so this past week, they basically put the, uh, they gave us the bait and switch. Yeah, Richard, what are your thoughts on uh, pretty much yeah, bait and switch? I love it. I absolutely love it. Really? I mean, of course, <laughs> yeah. I was a little bummed, but then I was like, listen, from a business well, and Well, ratings- and here's the other thing. Everything else on this show was fluff. It was all yeah. built on the main event, and they have to have something for next week. Yeah. So now we have a title match for next week, and then during the rest of the show, they'll build to what's going to come after that. Yeah, like, listen, it, it's a two-parter. It's a, to get people to tune in next week. So as much as I was a little pissed, at, like, damn it, like, bait and switch here. I'm like, from a business standpoint, it's a good way to get people to tune in next week. So you keep that momentum going because they had a huge ratings this week on NXT television. So I get it from a business standpoint. So I anticipate. Well, it, I mean, it was so it was done so good though yeah. too. That count was like. I mean, I I had to rewind it just to make sure I saw what I was thinking. I saw. Because yeah. It was like oh my God, the, like the referee doesn't even see the clock, and he's. He's just in perfect sync with it. Yeah. And so I was like, I would love to analyze it. Like, was there any doctoring? Because this was pre-tape. So I wonder, like, did they perfectly time it? I wonder if anyone actually timed it. Was this a full hour to the dot? Like, I would love if anyone actually took the time to analyze that. But anyway, I was just going to say. Well, I did you watch it on TV or did you watch it elsewhere? I watched. Actually, no, I, I was streaming. I, watched, I was watching it live. I was watching the East Coast first okay so I was then you too. saw like they showed it throughout a uh, commercials yeah like it was it didn't stop like, yeah i mean the match the itself thing. started like at um i think like their interests interested interests to the ring was like quarter till the first hour you know that took a few minutes for everyone to get to all four of them get to the ring then i think the match started probably about five minutes before the top of the hour and therefore they had the full hour, and then they had a few minutes left in the second hour for William Regal to come out and make the announcement. Right. So, so they they cut out enough time for this whole match to take place and have the fallout right there at, at the conclusion. So, we're gonna get Finn Balor and Adam Cole, the two longest reigning NXT champions, going at it next Tuesday. And this is a matchup I've been looking for, and I think even early this year when we were trying to figure out or predict who's Adam Cole's next opponent going to be. I was hoping for Finn Balor back then because Finn Balor, I was anticipating like around rest. Cause I think around WrestleMania weekend is when Adam Cole passed Finn Balor's record at the time for longest title reign. So I thought it would make sense Finn Balor to come challenge him. It's like, listen, I don't want you breaking my record. I challenge you for that championship as a way to stop you from breaking my record, but it never happened. But now we're finally getting it. So Richard, early predictions, who you think is going to win here? Mm. Cole. Cole. Ooh. Okay. How about you, Tommy? I got to go with Finn. I'm going with Finn, too. All right. We'll wait and see how this plays out. <laughs> I'm excited for it, man. It's going to be good stuff there. All right. Let's move on over to Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, I know we got a limited time here, so we'll go blaze through just all some of the highlights from this episode. Uh, first things first for the episode, we saw Roman Reigns, the new Universal Champion after winning it at Payback, coming out with his new 
what's the term? Special advisor to <laughs> to the tribal chief? I think that's the name. Sure. It's a mouthful. Uh, coming out together, and they cut a promo and pretty much explain their actions and why they align themselves with one another. So, Richard, your thoughts on this opening promo? Oh, man. This was, this was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> the Yard is now an island, and... Yeah. Uh, Heel Roman is money all day. Oh my god. That that is just like the swagger that he had as a baby face. Nothing's changed. He's just I know. now he's just the guy we wanted him to be. <laughs> it's amazing like how many people online are like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm like, wait a sec. It's not that yeah. much different. <laughs> like literally yeah. he combed it, you know, he has his hair combed back in a bun and, and yeah. he has a beard now, but he's just the way he kind of walks now, it's a little more it's just a slight difference. He's not wearing a shield. He has a shirt that said win and go or uh, wherever the new shirt he has now that says. Yeah. And he has to, and he has the title <laughs> over his shoulder and then it's Paul Heyman walking for him and doing the talking for him in the ring. And like, that's it. It was a very subtle change in his mannerisms. But now it's like all of a sudden he's got that cool factor. It's like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. Part of me was like, want to call some of the fans out for being hypocrites. It's oh, like, they are. But it's like, well, I mean, I think part of this too, like my perception, my, my turn off with him in the past has been the keeping the shield gear because he was never the coolest looking guy in the shield gear. It was, uh, Moxley. Yeah. He, he was the only one that, that really did anything for because he didn't have a good body. Mm -hmm. Like Roman has like this, the rocks body and you're covering him up. Yeah. You know, if you got it, flaunt it. So my only, now he's, he's, he, I mean, it's pretty much the same swagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just there's a little bit more danger to him now. Yeah, it's amazing just how people's perceptions. If you just change a couple things, a different shirt, the way you comb his yeah. hair, and it just his body language walking to the ring, it's amazing. And just what your perception of him as a heel now, all of a sudden he's got that cool factor. And I was like, what? But anyway, Paul Heyman. Uh, long story short, it, to sum it up, it just sounds like Paul Heyman said Roman found him. When he was kicked to the curb from WWE, Roman went to him because Roman also felt like kicked to the curb from WWE. So they both felt WWE turned their back. They found each other. They found each other. And so I was like, okay. And and listen, Roman or Paul Heyman said it wasn't like necessarily the fans. It was more just WWE turned their back on both of them. And it kind of makes sense as far as real life events going on when Roman you know left before WrestleMania happened. Paul Heyman being fired from his job. So... It, it, it kind of makes sense as far as the the motivation for the two of them working together. So very interesting to see this uh, uh, new partnership together. Great promo. Paul Heyman a little more whispering as far mm-hmm. as and even Roman Reigns in the backstage segments with Jay Uso. He's more whispering and more, uh, but even a condescending attitude as well. Yeah. So he's whispering, kind of trying like he's trying to feel out Roman still on what his place is. Yeah. Yes, and he, he's not saying paranoid, but he's just like bitter at everyone around him, if that makes sense, that mentality. So very interesting promo there. I'm all for it. I just like how Roman was standing there the whole time staring at the camera and his mannerisms there was like, wow, like you could tell he as far as he was says, like, listen, a monster and a fiend 
took my took the title. I came back and I took it right back from them. It shows how badass he was. So awesome stuff. And we'll love to break this down more as time goes by. Uh, also, we saw probably the other biggest thing from the night. We saw uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks take on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, a rematch for the women's tag team titles. And Bailey and Sasha Banks both lost here. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler retained the titles. And the big thing was uh, we saw Bailey and Sasha trying to get out of the ring after Sasha hurt her knees really bad during the match. And Sasha was kind of refusing medical help. So Bailey was trying to help her out. As soon as they got out from under the ropes, bam, Bailey nailed Sasha with a kick to the face and started beating the crap out of her and officially breaking up uh, the best friends here. So, Richard, your whole takeaway from this moment. I think we buried the lead on this and and the Iconics and the Riot Squad matches. Both matches were stellar. The women's tag matches yes. on TV this yep, week. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, there was a spot in this match that I absolutely loved. And uh, Sasha has Nia up and she's trying to power bomb her on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Bailey came over and gave her a stunner where her like her neck would hit the ropes. And then Sasha power bombed Nia on the floor. And it was just kind of like. God damn, that's some good tag team work. Yeah. And then the double cross happens at the end, and it's like, oh, this is this is stiff. <laughs> yeah, it was a great match overall. And like, listen, seeing Bailey just go <laughs> crazy on Sasha Banks, I thought like, wow, they're really going for it right now in the Thunderdome. Like, I kind of thought maybe they're going to wait till crowds return for this big switch and you know uh, turning on each other. And listen, we saw Sasha, Tommy. You saw the. Uh, uh, Bailey put Sasha in the chair and like, you know, like snapped her neck with it. Yes. And Tom, you said very much like Stone Cold and uh, uh, Brian Pillman. Yeah. So just wow, the callback there, I kind of we interpreted that. But then we saw Sasha Banks get taken out on a stretcher in an ambulance, taken away. Richard, here's my idea. Like, let's write off Sasha Banks with this for for months. Have her come back. Yeah. Have her come back at the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, challenge Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Maybe even main event the show by that point. I mean, they have the history with their takeover matches as far as uh, how good they are going at it together. So I I want this like, let's let this breathe now. Let this take uh, a few months. I don't want them to come back. Hurt Sasha come back in a couple weeks and challenge her at Clash of Champions. Like, don't waste it there. This is WrestleMania type match here. So write her off for months. Have her return to Royal Rumble for a big pop there, and hopefully a crowd will be in attendance for that as well. Uh, just want to acknowledge real quick. We see kind of more storyline building between Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, and AJ, who's for the Intercontinental Championship. So we'll see how that plays out some more. We saw Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse, and a new friend is coming to the house. We saw Alexa Bliss even more uh, engaged with did, that. Did you notice Alexa's jacket? No, the leather jacket was a leather, right? It looked like something one of the Wyatts would wear. Oh, I, I didn't look closely. I saw the little critter in the background. I noticed yeah. that. So <laughs> Alexa Bliss, it looks like she she could become a member of the Firefly Funhouse. I don't know. So. Still engaged to see how that plays out. And then we saw the main event, uh, the Fatal 4-Way. So Paul Heyman early in the show says, on Raw, they had a triple threat to determine the new number one contender. Well, we're going to up it and have a Fatal 4-Way. So we saw uh, Jay Uso, who was a last-minute replacement for Big E, who got beat up from Sheamus in the back. Uh, Sheamus, King Corbin, and Matt Riddle. The winner was going to take on Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions. Jay Uso, big victory. Sneaking out a big win after uh, 
uh, frog splash uh, after Matt Riddle, I believe, landed a move on one of the guys. And so the story there was throughout the night. Jay Uso was trying to talk to Roman, his cousin, and Roman was kind of brushing him off and not giving him the time of the day. And like, they want to be around him. And so Jay Uso got the win. He said, I'm going to do good for the family as well. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see them go at it. I don't see Jay Uso getting the win here. I think Roman's going to be champion for a long time. But Richard, just any quick thoughts on that main event? Loved it. Yeah, very uh, exciting. The way, Jay, the way Jay won as well with that just frog splash out of nowhere was just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I'm always intrigued when they do something like uh, – you know, this is not a, a match we've ever seen, and this is not a match we would typically think to see. Yeah. Like, uh, do you remember, like, maybe 18 years ago or so on yeah. Raw, they did, like, Triple H and Bubba Ray Dudley? Yeah. It's like, it's so odd that you can't really call it. Like, yeah. you, you, in the back of your head, you know who's going to win, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, well, it's so weird. Maybe, maybe they do something different here. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but my money's on Roman. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's going to be interesting. So uh, quickly, we'll run down what was it, match of the week and show of the week. So, Richard, how about you? Match of the week was that, that Iron Man match, and show of the week was SmackDown. SmackDown was damn entertaining. Me too. Uh, same thing for me, just the NXT main event, but overall, SmackDown was a very fun show. I actually packed for two hours. How about you, Tommy? Uh, match of the week was the Iron Man match, and my show of the week was NXT. Oh, okay, cool. That's good. All right, see that. So, listen, a lot of stuff happened on this week uh, for WWE, and we're already excited for next week what they have lined up for everyone. So, all right, on that note, let's go home for tonight. Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? You guys can find me on Instagram at pro underscore wrestling underscore 101 and nowhere else. <laughs> How about you, Tommy? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ironfist1982. And you can follow me, Baby Huey, at facebook.com forward slash Baby Huey official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83, at in the click as well. Please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please go back and listen to the interview I did with the NWA women's champion, Thunder Rosa, who had a great match at All Out this weekend. A lot of fun talking to her. And uh, I know it was very hectic for her. She had a lot of press going on. And so I would love to get her on real soon where things kind of die down. And she's not, it's not so hectic for her, but she's a lot of fun to talk to. So uh, uh, really happy to see her represent the Bay Area. And just, uh, yeah, I'm glad to officially say she's a friend of the show. And we can have, get, have some more conversations with her in the future and on that note let's go home for tonight and that's the bottom line because baby Huey said so <laughs>